I was so taken aback when I first saw that spoiler. I have some questions because... Hello all and welcome to episode 29 of the Win and In podcast. I am your host, Eric Darnheim. Uh, today, Gabe is out on vacation, finding himself in the woods or something like that. So instead, we have a regular guest of ours at this point. We've been on for quite a number of episodes. Mr. Brody Spurlock. How you doing, Brody? Hey, Eric. I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. I appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, I try to try to get you on, especially after a big win. But you know what? It's going to be a little different this time because... It's not all about wins between us. We've been playing together with each other. We know each other. We're good friends. So we're just going to have fun with this one and kind of just talk about what's going on and what's to come. How's that sound? Yeah, it sounds great. I'm happy to be here. Oh, awesome. Okay. All right. So the big thing that has happened over this last weekend is we have got nearly all the spoilers given to us. Um, Initial thoughts, I mean, Prism looks busted. Um, that's my big thing. Uh, Levia, or Levia, she looks like she's going to be a lot of fun. And Bolton, I think, kind of got, you know, got to push under the rug from the other two heroes. But, uh, yeah, what's your what's your thoughts on Spoiler Weekend? I, like, can't wait to start testing with these cards. I think my number one reaction to individual cards throughout the weekend has been wow, I really don't know how to evaluate this, just like looking at it on paper. <laughs> right, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, like there's um, there's some equipment, like the new Runeblade equipment. I don't quite know how I feel about that yet. You know, what's your thought? Yeah, I, You're a Runeblade guy. So, I don't know, it's all really interesting. I think the AB2 chest piece uh, is really nice just to have more armor if that's what you want to have. I think right. Iron Weave is really powerful, and those two cards are pretty comparable, but I suspect because of the AB2, that card will make it into almost every Runeblade sideboard, and then in right. some matchups, like, I, I, I feel like it's quite likely that versus Lexi, for example, um, in CC, we would see Viscerize play that kind of card over Aether Iron Weave for the extra, like, you know, five breakpoint block. True. Yeah, that's yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking too. I was thinking if there's going to be a hero that runs it, it's probably Viscerai. I think Briar would probably still want the Iron Weave or Tunic, maybe. And then obviously, when you're competing against Karen Husk, that's huge. <laughs> so you're probably sticking with Karen Husk if you're a Shadow. Um, yeah. 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 That was yeah. That was one. There's a few others, like you said. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Is there any that really excite you? That you? Like, is there a particular hero that you want to play test first? Or I definitely am most interested in Vincent just because I love okay. to chain so much. I like yeah. Runeblades in general. Um, that's where I'll be starting. But then uh, I would love for Leviah to kind of, like, be stronger than she has been in the past and, like, really make mm -hmm. a splash in the meta and get to test with her. And then also Prism. Um, I actually am quite excited about Prism because I never got to play the old version. And that's like one of my biggest regrets in the game is is never piloting that hero before it LL'd. So I'm really excited and I hope that it kind of mirrors the play style of old Prism, even though the deck seems like it'll be pretty different. I mean, you kind of could, right? Like you still have Spectre cards, right? There's a way that you could still kind of... But I'm with you on that. Like, obviously I played Oldham back then and I hated Prism. You know, because it's nearly unwinnable matchup. But 
you know, had Prism come into my life now, I probably would play Prism. It seems like the more controlly deck. Um, now with this version, I kind of think she's still going to have that control element with her. Obviously, having control in some aspects and then attacking with the big heralds and angels and others. Um, but yeah, it seems I I will admit that I'll probably be playing Prism, which is you know kind of a sour taste in my mouth a little bit. Yeah, I'll be curious to see like all of the old Prism mains. It's been at this point quite a long time since she left. So like uh, I know like some people like Fina are gonna immediately jump back on Prism and ha we'll be happy to have her back. But then uh, I don't know. We'll, it'll be interesting to see if anyone has kind of like switched up since then. If they're like they become a Prism hater or if like old Prism haters, like you're saying, uh, this is probably what's more likely. Old Prism haters become new Prism mains. Ah, <laughs> <Yeah>, dude. <laughs> The truth, though. <laughs> yeah, I. you know what? I got another one for you. I wonder how many my players are going to sell their fully, you know, marbled out my deck to convert to Prism. Oh, man. Yeah. I do think I do think a lot of the my mains were, like, you know, previous Prism players. Mm -hmm. So it's quite possible that a chunk of them are just going to, like, drop my and go back to their old queen. Yeah, you know what? We'll, we'll make some some uh, financial advice now. Uh, look to buy those tomal ties. They're going to go down. Everyone's going to sell. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, let's talk about Vincent because that's the other one that's out. It's a, our, our, the other new hero that's out. Um, operating in a different aspect than what we've seen Broodblades operate before. A lot of high power attacks. Um, yeah, I... Vincent for me right now, and I'm so I'm very curious what you what your take on this is, is I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to like I don't even know where to even start deck building. So I think with Vincent, I'm almost like gonna just wait for someone else to do it first. But I don't know. What do you is there any patterns you're seeing or what what is your take on it? So I think that Vincent is like the most unique room blade we've had um mm -hmm. in the way she's gonna play. She feels more quote-unquote mid-rangey perhaps than the other ones um i think a week ago my take was if they don't print some more make rune chance go again like non-attack actions um then she's not gonna like rune gate's not gonna really make sense because there weren't a lot of those in the game already but right. we i i think we have seen two or three of those in spoiler season um and like two or three play sets is a lot of cards so i think uh I think Runegate is going to be quite powerful if you can just use those cards plus her hero ability and then plus maybe a couple tools like Vexing Quillhand to like always have Rune Chance on demand. Um, I, I think that like Runegate potentially can go way above rate, so I'm really curious to see how she plays in games. I feel like her hero ability that says Rune Chance can't be prevented can do some cool stuff with Spellbound Creepers. Um, versus control decks so i'm like curious there, there's so many th my so many things are i'm just like i'm really curious to see what happens with this but i don't know what it's going to look like in practice yeah yeah no i i 100 am with you on that um but yeah like what you're saying with the there's that one spoiler that came out that gives an eloquence token if you lost life and you play at instant speed that's insane that's like gotta be her one of the, I, to me that seems like one of her best cards to uh you know because then you can play read the runes and it has go again it's like okay that <laughs> seems pretty good <laughs> yeah that could be crazy yeah. eloquence is uh is just quicken for non-attacks right yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yep. So, uh, yeah, she's exciting. Uh, her ability, I think, is the part that scares me. Having to banish a card from the hand. Um, it's almost as if you have three intelligence, kind of, right? You still get to draw four and whatnot, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's like it could be really dangerous if you just draw all normal cards, then you just straight up lose a card at the start of your turn. But, like, if you play enough blood debt, then you can ideally you can use that ability to go plus because, like, you banish a card that gets better from Banish Zone. Right. Um, but then you don't want to have, like, too many Blood Deck cards to the point where, I don't know, maybe it starts to get risky. It's, it's interesting because since Vincent doesn't have Soul Shackles, it feels like you have a lot more, uh, like, uh, a lower ceiling for your Banish Zone, but also more control about what, or, like, as far as what ends up in there. That is true. And it's less likely that you're going to, like, spiral out of control with Blood Deck cards. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that's a good point to make. Yeah, she she is in t almost in total control of what's going in there. There's a few cards that you banish from the top of deck or whatnot, but yeah, uh, so you will know what's in there. But I, I like what you said there because even Vincent has the classic Runeblade dilemma, you know, which is do you have all Runeblade or raw Runegate cards in your hand or you have no Runegate cards in your hand? Kind of like the non-attacks and attacks. So you have a healthy combination of both. Um, so they kept it on theme there. I gotta, I gotta appreciate that the old room blade dilemma theme. But yeah. yeah, it is cool to me though that we have some non-attacks that can be played from Banish Zone because uh, aside from Seeds of Agony and Howl from Beyond, um, I, we haven't seen many of those in the past that are like played and constructed. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm happy to see more coming around. Um, Let's talk about some other heroes that aren't new, but like some of the heroes that might have got stuff. Because one of the heroes I think got a huge upgrade is Chain. I, I feel like there's so many Chain cards that got printed here, um, which is, of course, only legal in Blitz right now. Well, Commoner too, but mostly just, you know, in Blitz right now. But, man, I gotta feel like Chain just is gonna be gas. I don't know. What's, is, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I've been thinking about all the spoilers in terms of Vincent, but um, to be honest with you, I hadn't even like really considered what it's going to look like for Chain. The only thing I had thought about was the new uh, Blood Debt Shadow Equipment, where you like prevent two damage and then banish it. I think okay. those, like maybe they're mostly designed for Leviathan, but I do think they could serve as like multiple even folds for chain uh versus specifically kano in blitz and i'm really curious to see if that like improves his kano matchup significantly i think so right i mean like before he would run like the even fold and whatnot just to have that spell void and to instant pop well now like you have it here as well so i i, I when i saw those equipments i was like they seem really really good like, I, I think they're very well played. And yeah, he, he won't be able to get rid of the blood depth. And so with Levi, yeah, you could get rid of the blood depth. But, um, you know, it's kind of a last-ditch effort anyways to keep you alive to win the game. So I think, yeah, that's probably worth. Uh, yeah, all right. So that was any other new heroes? Because Chain, I think, is one of the easiest ones to kind of see. There's, you know, obviously a lot of Shadow Runeblade stuff coming out. Um, but is there any heroes that might, you think, uh, coming from the past sets that would be getting any upgrades or maybe just doing just fine coming into this new meta? I think one hero that's gotten quite a few upgrades that we haven't touched on much is Bolton. Um, yeah, that's true. Yes. Let's talk about Bolton. Absolutely. 
I haven't played hardly any Bolton in my life. Um, but I know a couple people who are like really into Bolton. We have one guy around here in Dallas who's kind of a Bolton main, and I will be really curious to see um, what the deck looks like now that it's kind of um, like yellow matters synergy. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's funny how that's what Prism once was, you know, and now it's Bolton. So that's kind of cool in that way. Um, I wonder if cards like Vestas of Soul or Library could even get played with this new Bolton. Um, that might be a little spicy, but I don't know. It kind of opens up those pathways, I suppose. That would be really cool. I, I would be interested to see a Vestige Bolton. Yeah. I think yeah. It, it takes a lot to be better than Courage of Bladehold, but I would definitely be interested to see a spicy brew. Yeah, it definitely does. But and on top of that, he also got his another new armor piece, you know, as well. And that's like purely a Bolton card. So, yeah, I'm interested in Bolton. I think I will be playing him uh, to test him out and kind of see where he goes. But, um, you know, I don't know. I, I I guess there, just like with Vincent, I'm not super knowledgeable quite yet. I'll probably wait till someone else does it, and then I can pick it up from there. Um, it does seem like they really moved away from, like, Combo Bolton, because there wasn't any cards that I've noticed straight off the bat that just, like, yeah, this is for Combo Bolton. It seemed more like, no, this is, like, how you can do Raiden Bolton. A little easy right yeah uh so i can see him go in that direction um yeah let's see i think that was it i was i was almost expecting we kind of always get like some random blitz hero whether it's like genus or yoji so i kind of was expecting something like that for this set but it was just mostly cc heroes i guess the weird random one is the the via redeemed or the plasma set that uh one being a demi hero um which yeah, that's a that's a whole new ability. That's a whole new can of worms. Um, I was so taken aback when I first saw that spoiler. Right, was, it's like it's really cool, but I like had no clue what I was looking at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In fact, right now, um, I have um, a good friend of ours, Wyatt. He's looking up to see if you can play that in Blitz because normally you can only have equipment as your sideboard. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I never thought about that until now, and I'm like, yeah, I wonder, you know, is that even a Blitz card or not? I don't know. Yeah, there's so many questions regarding that card. Uh, I'm sure judges will be on their feet ready to answer stuff because they will be out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't, can't wait to, to try that out as well. That is going to be a fun hero to play around with. Um, that I will just get right onto deck building. I won't wait for people on that one. I'll go right into it. Um, I have a few heroes that I think are going to be just fine coming in to this Dust on meta. Um, and one that I think, and it's not even super spicy. It might have been a little spicy before, but now that Oldham's gone, I kind of think Katsu is the hero that's going to be the dark horse that's going to come into this meta and just do what he wants to do, and Bonds of Ancestry is going to be a broken card, and people are going to talk about Prism, but really, Katsu's going to come through. I don't know. That's my that's my spicy take. I could see it, yeah. I've been thinking about it for a while, like, what the meta would look like post-Oldham, um, like, if we didn't get a new set, and honestly, I actually was kind of disappointed that there were no tournaments of the in-between meta, because I was right. curious. 
Yeah. yeah that's been cool. A little new meta. But you know what? Actually, we're going to use that as a transition. I like that. Okay. Because we're going to transition now to... There's a time when the meta is completely resolved. You know what's going to be the top heroes. Um, and especially towards the end of that meta, it becomes kind of a stale period for a lot of players out there. You know, uh, I know me and you both uh, noticed it around. Now, one thing that people might not know about you is that you tend to go to every armory that you can. Uh, I'm the same way. Here in Vegas, I go to two armories a week. And if there's a third one, I'll go to the third one. Um, you're a madman because <laughs> you'll go up to like I think I, I know when Dallas was in its prime, it had like it seemed like five a week, I think, or something like that. Yeah, um, which you know I call you madman, but I also did that too. So I, I totally get it. We like this game a lot, but one thing that we definitely noticed is that not as many players you know tend to play at that time. So. Um, you're probably one of the most active. You're, um, you know, as you started, like, what, like, at Tales of uh, Aria, right? Yeah, December of 21, so, like, late Tales. And you're already, you know, in the lifetime, uh, you know, coming up. And, like, when these are, you're, you're surpassing people that have played from the beginning because of how much you play. So, for these stale times, like, obviously, we're getting past that. Dust of Dawn's going out. People are getting excited. But for the times right before, what keeps you playing? What, you know, keeps you going to these armories? Yeah, so usually even when the meta is pretty solved and there's not a lot of innovation left to do, um, I usually use that time to learn new heroes because, especially at armories and things, like, if... I don't need to spend time grinding a deck because I'm going to play it at a tournament soon. What I'll usually do is, like, try a new, like, maybe not S-tier deck, but, like, A or B-tier deck that's going to be perhaps the best deck soon, uh, or it could be, and I want to, like, kind of have it in my back pocket so that if it gets to that point, I can audible over to it quickly. Um, like, for example, last December I did that with Kano. I did that recently with Dromai. just, like, put a couple of weeks into these heroes, um so that I have a basic understanding of all of their matchups and how they play. And I think it also helps, even if I weren't to ever play those heroes at tournaments, I think it's nice to have played a lot of the matchups um, from that perspective in case I play against them. Like, especially with Dromai, I think after playing it myself, it uh, made me much better at playing into it. And I was also going to quickly mention, Dallas has actually ramped up a tiny bit, and oh, now... Cool. If, like, like, in terms of total armories per week, I just wanted to, I, I'm not sure if you've heard this, but technically, if you are, like, just in town all week and you are available um, basically 24-7 minus work hours, you can play nine armories a week. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. So it has ramped up then. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> so how many stores is that? So it's like, basically, um, it's nine unique stores. There's one every night, Monday through Friday. And then Saturday is the big day. Technically, there's a store in Denton that runs at 1. And then another armory at 4 p.m. and another armory at 8 p.m. 
And if wow. you kind of get a group of people who are like all planning to go to those, then you can get all three to fire in a row and like barely make each one. And then yeah. Sunday has like, Sunday has the long Winnebox Armory. Um, so it's like six days plus three on Saturday. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. So yeah, if you're, if you're just wanting to jam some flesh and blood in Dallas, Saturday's the day for it, for sure. Um, okay. All right. Um, moving back to the, um, trying new heroes. Uh, I, I totally agree. I think that's whenever I start playing new heroes as well. Um, I'll even roll a dice sometimes just to like give something new, you know, um, I was finding myself playing Dorinthia a few weeks ago uh, for some armories. Um, and I absolutely agree with you. Even, I don't, I didn't play Dorinthia at the Battle Harden, and I don't plan on playing Dorinthia anytime soon, but Dorinthia especially is, you know, one of the heroes that if you know how to play her, you know how to play against her. And I think there's a lot to learn from that. Uh, I do have a question though. Uh, one thing that I know that helps me keep going in like the you know stale periods is different formats. I don't know uh, how many different formats uh, is in Dallas, but I find Blitz to be refreshing towards the end of a season um, and even commoner. Yeah, we've been playing some commoner around here recently. Um, one of the stores in particular does commoner like once or twice a month sometimes. Cool. And I, it's been a lot of fun to kind of explore a meta that doesn't have nearly as much um like kind of competitive attention on it mm -hmm. people haven't put a ton of time into trying to break it and so it's just interesting to see like what's winning um and like how the different decks play into each other with something that's uh, a bit less explored and ultimately it's a casual format but it's also fun to like kind of think about like what would i do if the world championship was commoner right like i don't know <laughs> i have no clue what's like a tier s tier in this format um so yeah i think like the main four formats that i've spent time on are obviously cc and then blitz draft and commoner and i mean even sealed also can occasionally be nice to mix it up that's good um yeah. personally i like draft a lot more than sealed but Same. i think that like you know sometimes it can be fun just to um learn something new regardless of what it is like i've found that in the last couple sets uh, the strategies in Sealed tend to be quite a bit different than Draft, or like the way the games go. So it's cool just to have something else to put time into. I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's the tail end of the season. We're about to hit the fresh end of the season. It's it's We're getting a whole new meta season coming up. Um, people are excited. I'm excited. I'm sure you're excited. Um now, this is new because we're getting new heroes. We're getting old heroes with new cards. What is something that you do differently during this time period versus, like, you know, towards the stale end? I think, like, the moment a new set drops like this, I put specifically more time into CC because I think whenever the CC format changes, there's a lot of matchups to be tested. And like, you know, uh, depending on what has changed it, like in this case, we're getting a new set. So there's a lot of deck building to be done. And I think that uh, especially like with Dust Till Dawn, there's going to be several battle hardens uh, later this month. So there's kind of pressure to figure out the format quickly. So I will be basically 
trying to optimize my time as much as possible to like quickly test like i guess there's three steps step one is put together deck lists for the new heroes and try to you know come up with the best initial deck list we can step two is test matchups to basically figure out like is the best deck the same as it was in the old format or is one of these new heroes the best deck what's probably going to have the best matchup spread and then step three is all within this like one or two week time span lock into one of the decks and learn it well enough to play at a tournament and so it's just like you go from this like stale quote-unquote period where you have quite a bit of time and you can like dabble around with new heroes to this super time crunch where you have to really optimize your time to prepare quickly uh at least in this case when we have battle hardens coming up so soon yeah uh battle hard cincinnati I'm, I'm sure is the one you're kind of referring to right here i would be super surprised if you weren't going to that at this point <laughs> um but that is the 14th through the 16th which is like less than two weeks away like it's, yeah. it's insane um now i wonder because those i think are some of the most fun when it's just brand new you know uh the previous season you took azalea in the very beginning and worked out very well and i think one of the things was kind of what we were talking about not a lot of people played azalea or even played against azalea so maybe they didn't even know how to interact um, I also was playing Azalea in the beginning, and yeah, it was amazing. And then she kind of got to figure it out. But um, I think it's the most fun to to play. But I kind of wonder, you know, you're you're hyper competitive. Um, you, I respect your grind. But I have to ask this question: Do you feel that it's a little less? Um, I don't know. I guess like, do you feel a little less pressure to do as well in the first one? just because it's not figured out yet. I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily feel like less pressure to do well, but I do think that it's a lot harder to evaluate, let's say a given deck's odds to win. Like late in the format, sometimes people will make the decision between like uh, and I've heard a lot of players talk about this like either I want to play the good deck that I don't absolutely love as much but i want to win versus the deck i really enjoy and maybe i won't do as well and like you know people set different goals for a weekend and you can have like a basic idea of like what you would expect your deck's win rate to be if it doesn't run into x bad matchup but like all of those conversations kind of go out the window for the first tournament where <laughs> your deck might have like a free or an unwinnable matchup that you don't even know about yet because you haven't had time to test it you don't know like like with me playing Azalea, I really didn't know what deck to play. Uh, based on the limited testing we had done, I felt like Azalea was probably one of the decks with the best chance to win the tournament. But there's just like so much you don't know. So it's a lot harder to have expectations or an idea of how the weekend might go or like what, what heroes you even want to be playing against. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's kind of the fun of it as well, you know, just going into the unknown. Um, but. A lot of eyes are going to be on you. A lot of eyes are going to be on this tournament because that is the first tournament to have an idea of what this meta is going to look like. Uh, then we got Chicago. Are you going to Chicago as well? Yeah, I'm planning to be at both of those. Okay, okay. So it's basically, you know, uh, you got like a week and a half to prepare for this one. And then like a week later, you're in Chicago. Um, Salt Lake. I'll be at Salt Lake. Are you going to Salt Lake? Uh, when is Salt Lake? Uh, Salt Lake is August 5th through the 6th. It's the first week of August. Oh, yeah. I'm planning to be at that one. Okay. And then 
crazy little extra tournament to toss in the middle there. I'm actually really hoping to go to the Calling Birmingham in Europe. Oh, uh, see, I just passed that because I was like, ah, that was okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, like I said, man, you're extreme. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, damn, that means by Salt Lake, you'll have three big tournaments under your belt. You already know. You'll have it over me on that. Um, uh, but yeah, we, we have a lot of battle hardens before the big nationals event here in the States. Um, and that's going to, that's going to be good because that's going to have a lot of time to be able to, to figure out the meta by then. I, I like the bigger tournaments personally, when a meta is kind of figured out, um, I understand the, the appeal of like, you know, going into a new meta right before the, but I don't know. I, I kind of like when it's more figured out and that I don't have to, like like you said, stress and so like little time, like figuring out, okay, like matchups and then picking a deck and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I kind of like it somewhere in the middle. Like calling Singapore recently was quite late in the meta. And I think it was, it was pretty figured out by then. Yeah. But um, like Pro Tour Baltimore was kind of right where I like it, where we'd had like one or two or, you know, not one or two, definitely two, uh, being Chicago and Richmond, like mm -hmm. events in the States, uh, that have pretty like publicized results and deck lists and things. So there was an idea of the meta, but it wasn't so solved yet. And there was still a lot of like, um, innovation at pro tour. That's kind of like right where I like it. And I think Nats will be similar. There will be uh, a couple more tournaments before Nats. So it'll be like even more figured out, but hopefully not completely solved. Like last year's Nats, we saw, Hamilton come with like you know this totally new brew and win the whole thing so hopefully we get like one or two spicy lists like that uh it, well yeah and you know that wasn't like super fresh into that meta either so um yeah that could easily happen here again um that would be really cool obviously that that changed up a lot and it you know translated into world um which yeah we still don't know okay um so where was I going with that? Okay, okay. So that yeah, no, no, now I'm now I'm back on track here. All right. So we're both going to nationals. Um and I talked to you a little bit about this before, but uh, this is the first time I'm telling all you listeners out there is that I'm gonna be doing some interviews. Um and this is with anyone. So if anyone wants to come up and talk to me, do a quick interview. I have some questions because I want to ask two things or two topics, I suppose. Uh, first, I want to kind of get the pulse, the pulse of flesh and blood uh, across the nation and what better place to do it than at nationals. Uh, I want to know what the local armory scenes look like, you know, how many players are you getting and like, you know, what's the, uh, is it a casual, is it kind of competitive, what's going on there? So let's start with that with you first, Brody. Uh, you mentioned that you can do up to nine armories, which is insane, and that's really cool. So that tells me that Dallas has a good scene to be able to support that many armories in one week. Uh, what would you say, what's, what's your feel on it? Yeah, I feel like we have a really uh, strong fab scene. It's kind of interesting because it's like such a big metroplex, uh, Dallas and Fort Worth, that each store kind of has its own group of uh, regulars and there's some overlap between different stores but it's actually interesting like because of how spread out it is I would say there are some people who like let's say there's two individuals who are in opposite sides of the Metroplex and they've both been regulars at a particular armory for like over a year 
Um, and I, I see them both every week because I am willing to drive like, you know, 40 minutes to an hour one way to get to an armory every night. Um, but then like, I'll realize that they've never met each other because they kind of have their separate stores. So it's interesting. We have kind of these like little mini communities and then everyone comes together at like ProQuests and Rodenats right. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's like a, a pretty large fab scene, all things considered. And I really like all the people. Like, I, I feel like that's true everywhere I go with fab, but like everyone's really nice and friendly and it makes it a really fun place to spend my evenings every night, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, I will say, I think that it also helps that you're a very approachable guy, you know, and, you know, despite, you know, you can, you can try to hate Brody because he wins all the time, but if you ever get to know Brody, it's like, okay, you can't hate this guy. This guy's cool. <laughs> uh, so I think that helps to you as well, but that's great. I mean, that's awesome to hear that, uh, that, you know, you get a lot of good interactions. Dallas looks like a good community. Um, would you say that it's growing in Dallas? Would you say that's staying the same or what's your thoughts? I definitely feel like it's growing over time. Um, a lot of the like regular faces that I see now at Armories weren't playing at all in 2022. And I feel like every couple weeks I see some new faces, like some of our um, current players who are a little bit newer in the sense that they haven't been playing since like Tales or Everfest are bringing on their friends who are like just now starting an outsider, say. Um, and then also, there's one new store. For a while, we didn't have Wednesday nights, but uh, a store recently started doing Wednesday night armories, and I've met two uh, pretty new players there recently who are, like, just in the last couple of weeks I've met them, and, like, now they're getting more involved, coming to different stores. Um, so, yeah, I feel like it's constantly growing, which uh, makes me really happy. That is, that's great, yeah. Um, it's, I, that's what this is all about. I'm, I'm trying to get the pulse throughout the, uh, the nation. So, Dallas... Dallas looks to be doing good. Uh, that's And that's awesome. I like to hear that. Because what we see when we go to these big tournaments is, you know, like Battlehorn in L.A. That was 148 players, nearly sold out. Uh, where Battlehorn, you know, a year ago, it would have been right under 100 players, you know. Uh, so you can tell that's growing. The callings, every new calling is a like a new, you know, number that that got increased, right? Like the calling at Baltimore, it's like a ridiculous, I think it was like, oh man, I just know that we end up having to play nine rounds instead of seven rounds or something like that. And it was like, holy crap, dude. <laughs> like it's, it's insane. So you're seeing the numbers grow as far as these big events. So I just want to see if that's translating to the local armory scene because uh, I do hear stories on the other end where you know some cities are in decline and so you know me and you we love this game so just want to kind of keep keep the pulse on it uh okay the second set of questions and again this goes out to anyone who wants to come if you're a part of a team i would love to ask you some questions uh because i i want to kind of you know put together uh, a video you know explaining you know how each team approaches these big events and how they prepare and like, you know, what the differences are and what's the similarities. So we'll start with you, Brody, obviously. Um, You are a part of team Wolfpack, right? Yeah. All right. Um, A renowned team of flesh and blood. Um, And so I'm very fortunate to be able to ask you these questions. What does your team, as far as like practices or anything else that, you know, you might think is, is significant 
do to prepare for something like nationals coming up? Yeah, so we work together for uh, both formats for these like split format events. Um, CC and draft. I would say the team um, spends a bit more time on CC in the sense that, uh, at least for me personally, I feel like it can be really helpful to get in-person drafts. And we don't all live in the same space. Uh, like, you know, we're spread out across the nation, I mean. Right, so right. I think for draft, we try to do a little bit more uh, in-person draft with just, you know, our local communities. And then CC is more like online with the team, but we still do plenty of online drafting um, and like discussing limited over Discord and stuff. Um, but I do find for whatever reason that I, I feel like I learn more when I do the draft in paper, just kind of like seeing all the decks there together, um, watching the bracket play out in real time. It's, uh, I don't know why it just registers with my brain better. But yeah, we tend to test like uh, leading up to a big event like this, um, there will be games going every day. I usually try to test every morning in these periods. Like um, that's kind of the go-to time in the Wolfpack for a lot of people. Uh, just like before work starts, you get up early, play a couple test games online. And then, yeah, we just try to basically everyone hops around decks as much as they like. And then once people are kind of locked in on what deck they want to play for a tournament, we all just try to like match up and give each other the matchups we need. Like if we have, Two people playing, let's say, in like one of the previous metas, two people on Dromai. We had for Pro Tour Baltimore, like seven on Oldham and seven on Lexi or whatever. Then we're trying to like um, coordinate, like if someone wants games into a particular hero. And most likely there'll be someone else on the team who's been like playing that hero recently. So yeah, we're just like playing every day, trying to communicate to figure out what everyone needs. And then uh, like using our time as optimally as possible, letting if someone needs a matchup into a particular hero, we're trying to if possible, let them play into someone who's trying to actively test that hero so that we're helping each other while also like, um, you know, working towards our own goals that we were working toward anyway. And then limited, we, uh, we like discuss pick orders and like the cards we think are good. And then, um, try to do online drafts, which is kind of a, a work in progress. I think that there are several tools out there now that have been making like drafting online more easy and fluid um so it's something i'm excited to jump back into with monarch and hopefully like have it be uh, a smooth and productive process because i think it is harder to like coordinate limited online than constructed definitely definitely is i definitely feel that sentiment there um okay so obviously i'll be asking a lot of people at nationals and so i'll have a better you know like one of my questions is going to be, you know, when did you guys start practicing to prepare for nationals? Uh, so I guess for you, what I'll ask is, have you guys started yet? Or do you, are you guys, you know, planning to start here? Like, I guess, like now with all the cards coming out. Uh, yeah. So we've done some Monarch limited work already. Um, a couple drafts online and discussions and stuff. And then as soon as we have the full set spoiled, I think we're going to try to jump into CC and like really get back to that like daily testing. Um, I think a couple people have already been running games uh, like this weekend with spoiled cards. I haven't jumped into Constructed yet at all for post Dust Till Dawn, but very soon, like within the next couple days, I think we're going to basically have the full set and can really get into it. Cool, cool. And 
you mentioned before, you know, the the dra- or the uh, the practice time is uh, right before work, which I think is like pr- I'm gonna say that's probably pretty unique to you guys. Um, but I think it's really cool. I, it makes sense. Uh, is that like a like a daily sort of thing? You know, Monday through Friday, uh, or is that do you guys have like you know like three three times a week or you know, what does that look like? So we have kind of like, because we have quite a few members on the team, it does vary from person to person. Uh, For me personally, I try to just get on every morning, Monday through Friday, uh, around that time before work. And then different people will do different things. Sometimes, uh, especially for drafting, people will organize like a big group draft, like on a particular weeknight. Um, Usually those ones I don't make it to because I'm on the armory grind. Right, right. So yeah, it, it varies a bit, but I would say at least in the past, the most common time has just been in the mornings. Okay, okay. And so um, from what I'm hearing, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, um, you guys have um, a good amount of players. How many players do you guys have on your team? You know? So officially the team has 19 players on it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so 19 players, so it's a, it's a good amount of players. Um, and, you know, because there's so many players... You know, uh, you can't, like you said, you can do that Monday through Friday. Uh, maybe not everyone's doing Monday through Friday, but um, you can always find games Monday through Friday, basically. Okay, cool. Uh, okay, final question for the teams. Um, what online, because you, I also play online, you know, we're spread out as well. So uh, what online clients do you do for uh, CC and then for drafting? So for CC, we've used both TTS and Talishar. Uh, okay. I think Talishar has kind of become more popular over time just because it's a lot faster, easier to just jam games in. Um, so I would say now most people just uh, use exclusively Talishar for constructed. And then for draft, we've tried multiple things. Um, I think it is possible to draft on TTS. We've tried that before. We've also tried the... Uh, I believe it's called Draft Fab, not Fab Draft. Yeah, you know, that website. Yep. yep. Um, we did some of that for Outsiders Draft, and I believe, I believe that website has Monarch Draft up. I'm ninety percent sure. I'm not actually. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I haven't had a chance to do. My team has done a couple online drafts for Monarch, but I haven't actually had a chance to do one yet. But yeah, mm-hmm. so I think we'll be trying to use that website again. Okay. Cool. All right. Thank you, Brody. You are the the first answers to these questions. Uh, many more to come. Um, but yeah, hoping to to get a good video out there uh, about this. So I appreciate that. Okay. Oh so, wait. Oh yeah. Okay. I just realized I actually did do a I did do a monarch draft on draft tab, and I totally forgot. That was a total lie. I just like oh, went out my brain. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> that's all good. Um, how are, are people drafting Monarch in the like local armories um, in Dallas right now? Yeah, we're trying to get it going. Uh, last, I think it was last Tuesday, there was a Monarch draft um, armory, and I was really sad I had to miss that one. And then mm-hmm. we've been trying to organize more. I think there are several of us here who are really wanting to grind for Nats, so we're talking to stores and trying to get some of the formats switched over to like a Monarch CC rotation. Cool, cool. Yeah, that, that would be a good good help for that, for sure. So, yeah. Uh, all right, I I think we, we covered everything. Um, I guess you know you know what let's go over this real quick because you know you know people people know. Uh, congratulations on winning Battle Harm in LA. Uh, Thanks, Eric. Doing, doing it with Lexi, very good. Uh, you know, uh, 
it was Lexi Mir at the end. You're able to take it. And uh, then you played the next the next day, you got top eight there as well. So congratulations as well there. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, you just had a nice day after after round one of top eight. That was it. <laughs> That's all that happened. It was just a nice day afterwards. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so uh, congrats to that. Um, I don't want people to think that I just bypassed that. Um, so I just want to say that. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, yeah, I think, I think we covered quite a bit here. We covered some spoilers to cover, you know, how, you know, we prepare what we think of, you know, the local armories and the metas coming up. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we head out here? Uh, just that I'm really excited to jump into dust till dawn and yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been fun. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well, Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Winning In Podcast. Thanks again, Freddie, for being on. And until next time, we'll catch you later. Keep on fabbing.